everything old guard is new again. <laughs> the. <laughs> How do you always you always just accept these crazy things? Yeah, well, that I say. I, I think our dynamic would work a lot better if you were like antagonistic towards me. Like we you really. You want me to be antagonistic towards you? Some of the great duos are that way. Okay. It's another fine mess you've got us into, Mika. Wow. The old guard, which we talked about last week. Yes. And um, I think, uh, I don't know if we're gloating. I don't know what's going on here, but I, I always take every opportunity to turn something into a gloat. Uh, is doing extremely well. Mm-hmm. It's on track to be Netflix's most watched film of all time. Mm-hmm. As far as we know. Right. Netflix has been doing this weird thing. I don't know if it's pandemic related, but it's in the last you know weeks and months where they are um, promoting their top 10 things on their platform yes. every week. Yeah. And um, also showing the viewing figures. Mm-hmm. And it's a weird, assuming it's all true, which I don't think there's any reason to assume not because there's some really weird things in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's strange that Netflix is is doing this, right? Yes. Are they feeling, regardless of COVID, are they feeling the pressure from other streaming services? Um, who to, aren't to rate who aren't methodically uh, you know open about their streaming figures either but they aren't the only game in town anymore yeah and I think maybe that part of it is being conscious about that and maybe it's an effort to be a little bit you know like you're alluding to be a little bit more transparent um like differentiate themselves from some of the other streaming services definitely well I mean I think they definitely need to show that yeah you're being hit up for Hulu and Peacock and Queeby and Disney Plus or whatever. Yeah. But now they're just, you know, coming out and saying, hey, here's 10 very popular things and um, here's the viewing figures. Right. And the viewing figures for this particular thing are uh, it has reached 72 million households in its first four weeks. That's insane. So I don't know if that... Also, these are confusing sort of stats for people who um, aren't in the know, but... Um, I'm assuming that's 72 million, you know, unique logons or sign-ins, right? Right, right, right. I'm assuming that as well. Yeah, because, or they're maybe they're just double dipping. People who have seen it twice or or whatever. Like, but as far as I know, this is like 72 million um, unique viewers. Right, right. Um, that's that's a lot, especially this day and age when there's so much stuff out there. You know what I mean? But yeah. I think people, especially right now with COVID, people are craving new entertainment we can't most movie theaters are craving something yeah well this this most uh, movie theaters aren't open right this, now this movie 365 days has been up there for a while yeah uh which is essentially a um it's like a 50 shades of gray type thing oh, okay all well, not my thing all mommy porn has to have a number in the title i guess it's weird it's <laughs> weird but it is a um a very, a frankly, uh, a sexual uh, film. Also, uh, Gaspar Knows Love was was uh, trending recently. Huh, okay. Uh, and that's the one where it's basically, you know, it's four, three or four scenes of unsimulated sex uh, playing out in real time, uh-huh. and then some connecting connective tissue in terms of uh, two, three person scenes. Okay. That sounds like Gaspar Noe. Yeah, it does. Or Gaspar No Way. Yeah, I've it been does. listening to so many people talk about. Him and and love and saying his name wrong, but it oh, is uh, really? pronounced no way. Oh, okay, all right. I'm gonna die on this hill. <laughs> on this Vegas? <laughs> I have no idea. His Vegas? 
hills? I don't know. <laughs> Remember I said that you could be uh you could be a little antagonistic? Yes. Yeah. This, Why don't you know, Cal? Why don't you time. know what it means? This would be the time. The, you should know this. You're the word guy. It's the opposite. It's uh it's a meadow. Oh, okay. It's a plane. Okay. All right. So to plane yeah. in Illinois is like Las Vegas in Nevada. Uh, okay. Gotcha. Got it. Comprende. Um, Whoa. <laughs> well, why don't you? I'll, I'll just take the back seat here. Whoa. Uh, the back seat to the Just Enough Trope podcast. Is that too much? <laughs> if, if you stopped, <laughs> you'd kept going. It would have been just fine. Welcome to the Just Enough Trope podcast, uh, where we talk to you about all the things in nerdy entertainment. Um, and I am your co-host, Mikan Hana, and the host... Not so easy, huh? No, it's not. <laughs> well, maybe you should know what Vegas means. And Whoa, then, so and, now you're being antagonistic towards me. And then me. I'll do the intro. So like Vega, in like Vincent Vega... Or mm-hmm. Vega from Street Fighter, mm-hmm. their name means meadow. Okay, sure. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, See what I mean? It's just like it's a stronger choice. It's a more active choice. To be antagonistic? Yes. Then go, huh? It's like people tune in. Man, I love the way that she says, huh? Maybe people do love the way I say, huh? <laughs> I've created a monster. <laughs> I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> Christopher Nolan's film Tenet was supposed to come out this week. Yes. And then it was going to come out like at the end of the month. Yes. And now they've pushed it to in the teens in August. I think maybe the 12th. Okay. I've lost track of how many times I can't see it my back, calendar from so, across the room, but yeah. it's either the 12th or the 14th. And then okay. we'll see if that sticks. Yeah. But it's it's what the movie business needs right now. But we're in a weird position because you can have you can say yes. The probably most famous and successful filmmaker currently uh, mm. alive mm. Uh, wants to release his new film starring Sitwell. If Denzel Washington is cinematic gold, then maybe his kid is going to be cinematic silver or electrum or, or some other some other metal some that's other precious. Some other semi-precious metal or yeah. precious metal. Yeah. Um, so I think that there's probably some meat there. Um, mm-hmm. Robert Pattinson is very popular. Yes. And people just love these Christopher Nolan movies. Yes, they do. They are the perfect blend. Uh, well, we'll get into it because we're going to talk about it today. Yeah. But um, there's no point in opening it if there's nowhere to show it. Yeah. And so true. we have so. this push me, pull you or pull you, push me mm-hmm. of one of the good movies going to come out. I don't know. One of the theaters going to be open. Right. And look and like we is were... it going to be safe to go to the theaters yeah. again? Yeah. It looked like we were getting close and we had a couple, you know, openings here and there. And then, of course, in some states, not all over the country, but, you know, on the average, the numbers are back up again. Yeah. And they're higher than they've ever been. Yeah. So this I was... is not the time yeah. to open the theaters. And if you don't open the theaters, you've got no Christopher Nolan movie. I know. I was uh, talking to um, my best friend today, and you know she lives in Atlanta, Georgia, and she was talking about how her state is a well that, complete mess right now. Georgia is a perfect example of that because yeah. it is there are areas of Georgia that are fine and are and are doing well, and there are areas that are out of control. And so I think overall Georgia looks like a mess. Well, functionally, it's 
it's a mess. She's not a fan of her governor, and I understand yeah, why. Yep. <laughs> but her her the mayor of Atlanta has said, you know, that masks are mandatory, and the governor tried to override that. And there, I guess, there are other cities in the state too, like Savannah, for yeah, example. Yeah, it's, it's weird how the population and centers like, have their heads on straight, yeah, and the governors right. don't. And it's almost like the electoral system doesn't represent the majority of the people. Right. Oh, weird. Weird. Yeah. Feels like our government's pretty messed up. When is Coke going to come out with an anti-COVID formula? (laughs) Save everybody. So we're going to talk about a Christopher Nolan movie today in lieu of talking about Tenet. Yes. We're going to talk about a film that you had not seen previously. You are correct. Okay, all right. She went from antagonistic (laughs) to Ed McMahonistic. And that is a film called The Prestige. Yeah. Which sounds like it's going to be pretty fancy. It does. <laughs> but takes place in uh, a lot of the uh, back back alleys of yeah. uh, London and also is, eh, I think I, I could pick up on this signal in the film, but it's about the theater. It's about showmanship. Yes, exactly. Both in front and in back. Yes. Came out in 2006 and was talked about for a lot in 2006 and I think even maybe 2007, eight might have been on some people's top 10 of the decade. Um, but has basically yeah. not been talked about for the current decade Well, at that's all. true. <laughs> I don't know how I missed this one because you look at the, the films of Christopher Nolan and um, Batman begins, you know, his Batman trilogy began, started, came out before this film. And, and then the second Batman film uh, came out afterwards. So it was like right in the middle of that. Yeah. I have no idea how I missed it, but I did. So, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Um, it's starring, uh, you know, some pretty famous people who were famous then and uh, got famouser after yep. and uh, continue to be famous. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about all that later. Yes. And we're going to talk about the news, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, anything to talk about? Anything on your mind? Not really. Just wear your, wear your mask. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've be... done something on my mind. Yeah, right. What's on your mind? Yeah. Why aren't you talking about what's on your mind, Cal? Well, I I Um, will. Thanks for asking. Okay. What is on your mind? I want to talk about Hollywood and just what's going on with it and the fact that, you know, we keep hearing that streaming's going to kill theaters. I think Mm. the theater industry has had it kind of rough. Remember the days when you had to worry about... Uh, we get get we gotta buy our tickets ahead of time. Actually, I remember when we had to go and wait in line to get the tickets. Now I think everybody's figured out online ordering. But even with online right. ordering, you can see a movie eight o'clock on a Friday night, and there's gonna be it's gonna be full. There's gonna be people there, but yeah. you can get tickets. Yeah, and I mean that's partially like there are a lot of theaters. That's partially I think the streamlining of the process. Yes. Um, but there are people who are just making it a blockbuster night. Not blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> Although they had a chance. Yeah. What could have been blockbuster night? Uh, right, Netflix. right, right. Yes. And so over the last, even though there's all this doom and gloom being predicted, I think the last five years of box office receipts have just gone boop, 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 boop. Up and up and right? up. Right? Yeah. Seems Disney like made it. a record amount of money, the most money anybody had ever made a studio uh, or company uh, in release uh, theater sales. Just last in year, 2019. Right? Yeah. Now box office has dropped, pre- predictably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seventy percent. Yeah. Of that value is gone. Yeah. And so, I mean, if you're not strong, if you're only a couple paychecks away from 
<laughs> right? Like from from going well, to, going uh, insolvent. Yeah, but so I like, think we're finding that that's true for a lot of companies, a lot of different industries. Oh no, right no, no! Now. Every every company on earth is, a lot has of been restaurants. tested. Has, yes, oh my has goodness. been tested by this. Yes, and the uh, Sailor Moon live show in Japan. Yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, but at the same time, you know, we're talking about trillion dollar companies. Yes, and. I mean, Disney might be the only company to, to walk out of this. Do you know what I mean? Well, uh, I hope that's not somewhat the case. okay. But even yeah. they are, um, you know, oh, it hurts. Oh, like a like a soccer player are uh, really playing up how how bad they have it. So um, I don't know. Uh, I was also thinking since you asked. I'm uh, speaking of these streaming services and movies. I was thinking about the Star Wars curse. Okay, mm, sure. Now I, I we can go through and try to figure out when this started. Um, Ewan McGregor has just never, I don't think he's ever planned on having like a marquee um, career, you know, where he's in prestige pictures. And I mean, I don't think he would mind, but. Uh, well, no, but he, he has worked consistently. Yes. Uh, yeah. Despite the fact that he was, you know, starred in three of these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it seems like everybody who has come off of a Star Wars movie has not done that well. Especially in modern times. Well, and I wanted to focus specifically on Alden Ehrenreich. Yeah, right. A guy who, I don't know, I started off thinking he was the villain of this piece, but now I know it was Kathleen Kennedy the whole time. <laughs> right? He just, uh, he his new show on... Uh, Is it Peacock? Peacock has yeah. premiered. Uh, a looks like a high school theater presentation of Brave New World. In which he, wow. the chick that quit Downton Abbey because she thought she was going to be a star. Yep. And the guy who was probably in a Harry Potter movie, but is most famous for being um, one of the family of blood in uh, those Paul Cornell episodes of uh, David Tennant's run as Doctor Who. Those are the stars of this show. And it's that's, already getting uh, bad reviews. Nobody's watching great. it. Yeah. And he, he was the star of the latest, he, of a Han Solo movie. Yep. And we've talked about the, all the things that happened, you know, on that movie. But a lot happened if on that movie. Yeah. They had just let Lord and Miller yep. do what they wanted to do. Yeah. And who I'm not saying it would have been good. Like I think, you know, there's a little thing called Enter the Spider Verse or Into the Spider Verse or whatever mm-hmm. it's called mm-hmm. that basically saved like Spider Man. Yeah. Uh and everything else they're doing. I mean, Clone High, part two. Yeah. That's a sure bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I mean, like, they clearly understand this business and know what they're doing, and they were yes. fired because they were too weird or whatever. And then they brought Ron Howard in, spent more money to reshoot the movie than they had spent before. Right. And Donald Glover's just making incredible music now, <laughs> not really doing any movies. Yeah. And Alden right. Ehrenreich is, you know, he's he's on Peacock. Yeah. I so, know. yeah, I think the bad guy in this is definitely the, the people that manage Star Wars. Um but you know, still yeah, a curse. It's, it's I don't not see. Great. I don't see. Um, Felicity Jones. F- oh, Felicity Jones. Uh, you know, she was going to be in this big movie, which did well. Uh, mm-hmm. But then she was in a balloon movie on Amazon. Yeah, right. Know. And played Ruth Bader Ginsburg in a film that with a guy who okay. has an Oscar but can't get like arrested. Like I think the Eddie Met Redmayne thing was always sort of gossamer and ephemeral. And yeah. like a butterfly's wings. I guess. And I think that might be over now. And um, also, uh, and again, don't know names anymore. I'm it's, an old man. Okay. But Ray, Finn. Yeah. What's Oscar Isaac been up to recently? Everybody's taking a, taking a little break. Yeah. So what? what's the Star Wars curse? 
Well, J.J. Abrams isn't really doing any of that all that much. No, I mean, I I don't know. I guess like, well, I mean, we sit and think about it. The the, we are. the late I know the latest trilogy that the last film came out what late last year. Yeah. So maybe it's a little too early for the folks in that to be like, oh, what are they doing next? But we haven't heard about what they're doing next. And if they're in something that high profile. Ryan Johnson is um, working on a new trilogy. Right. 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 Uh, but if they're, but if these actors are in something so high profile, shouldn't we, shouldn't they already have a bunch of projects lined up and shouldn't we have heard of at least one of them? Well, I'm not saying they're not working. I'm just saying nobody is like hotly anticipating the new Daisy Ridley what you're flick or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And they, she was in the... Three of the highest, you know, in the top five highest grossing movies of all time. I think she, this is a little thing. I don't think this is like going to be a huge release. And I think it's been pushed back and I don't know when it'll be released. And it might have had other issues too. But she was in a, a, I think a a little sci-fi film with Tom Holland. That movie has also been in development hell for years. Yes. So I and think, as far as I know, it's shot. This year. Yeah, and it's supposed <laughs> yeah. to come out yeah. at some point, but I don't so, even know I mean, if it has a release date. All right, so that's the effect of the coronavirus pandemic. Right. But I mean, even before that, I think this Star Wars curse has uh, merit and effect on stuff. No, I, I do too. Um, who knows? What about, why can't I think of his name right now? What about like um, the guy who plays Kylo Ren? Like he he seems like he's doing okay. Uh, Golden Globe and Oscar yeah. nominations right. for Marriage Story. Yeah. So I think he's doing all right. Um, I think Liam Neeson came out okay, but he was only in like one <laughs> of them, Liam Neeson, right? God bless him. He's a shy, he's a he's a shy show. <laughs> Sean Connery's not impressed by Liam Neeson, uh, right? I guess. I mean, he's not. He wasn't do, these little. You know, I'm going to beat you up. I'm an old man. Movies are not like. They're just a. They're a genre. Well, that's and true. And he is the premier saying. actor of that genre right I now. I understand what you're but saying. But it was Charlie Bronson, you know, in previous years. It was, um, well, Gibson was in a couple of movies where it's like, are you, you're pretty old, right? Yeah. So I don't know. Um, just want to bring that up because yes. you asked me what was going on. Yeah. I, I do think that there's definitely something going on. Um, you know what's going on? What? I'm going to have a heat stroke. Oh, okay. Let's start with the news. <laughs> Well, as per usual, we open with some uh, RIPs. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't. It's, I know. It's all the time. Um, but it's one thing if uh, Ennio Morricone dies. Uh, you know, the guy's 91 or whatever. He's had a pretty good run. But mm-hmm. uh, it was happened very suddenly that Kelly Preston, uh, wife of John Travolta yes. and um, actress in many, many films, uh, died of uh, her battle breast cancer. Yes. At the age of 57. Yeah. It's pretty young. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, it seems like, I mean, breast cancer still takes people. Oh, yeah. Certainly. Absolutely. But this this day and age, breast cancer, come on. It It's bad, man. It's yeah, really I know. bad. I know. And I... like, it depends, like like all cancers, I mean, I think it depends on the cancer but and where it is. It's, it's but, certainly, certainly. But... You know, it also depends on like at what stage they catch it, right? Yeah. You know, um, and, and I don't want to, you know, put anybody's faith on trial, but 
I understand what you're saying. Yeah, and and I'm not going to... Scientologists. Even... Well, so... now we get sued when you say that word. Oh, so sorry. This is all parody. Uh, this is parody satire, but uh, seems like, you know, if you've got some kind of mind over matter thing, like the Steve Jobs kind of situation, mm. and you don't get treated. I don't know. Right. It's been a week. She's cold by now, but at the same time, maybe we shouldn't be talking about this. Fair. Fair. But then there's their son who passed away as well. So I, I, I know. I know. I don't know. And that, yeah. I, I feel bad for the Travolta family. Um, yeah. Obviously, a lot of, a lot of tragedy there. Um, uh, but, yeah, it's um, hard to say. Um, I mean, we don't know what the situation was, obviously. <laughs> this is where that antagonism would come in and really pay off. What are you talking about? <laughs> what? Not personally directed at me. <laughs> this is be directed at the at the institution. Oh, at any institution. Okay, man. All right. Um, you're gonna be the Tory of this thing or not? What? <laughs> With your leather jacket like on the from safe, Saved by the I Bell. I don't want to be Tory. Oh, I freaking hate nobody Tory. Nobody wants to be Tory. Tory's the worst. <laughs> okay. See, this is what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm getting a little energy here. Ah. Uh, <laughs> the worst. Um, anyway, anyway, uh, yeah, she'll be she'll uh, she'll be missed. Mm-hmm. Um, she was really good at playing. I mean, because she was, you know, she was just blessed with, you know, she's gorgeous, and mm-hmm. uh, and so she was always. Uh, <laughs> this this movie didn't I talk? Did I kill her? Stop it! Were we talking about Secret Admirer like last week or a week before on the show? Were we? I don't remember. We were talking about Aunt Becky and C. Yeah. Thomas Howell. We were talking about Soul Man. Oh my God, we did it again! <laughs> oh my God, we were talking about Soul or you're, you're right. Secret Admirer. Yeah, yeah. Another but the character that she plays in in, in yeah. Secret Admirer is like the character that she played in Mischief. Is kind of like the character she played in uh, Jerry Maguire. For like as bad as it was, uh, but Battlefield Earth was like a real stretch for her—a chance to like really stretch and do something else. Because okay. she always played like the hot girl who's like. Not gonna. She's not the Lori Laughlin of this thing. You know, uh-huh. She's the antagonist and right. the, the protagonist. So. Right, right, right. So anyway, I mean, she she did did that really well. That's um, cool. But it's too bad that you know we can only we only have so many lanes for female actresses. Um, yeah, I here's, agree. Here's a guy who wouldn't fit in any lane. Uh, Grant Imahara, probably yes. best known for Mythbusters, yes, died uh, very suddenly at the age of 49 of uh, what they're saying is an aneurysm. Yeah. And he, oh my God, he so had young. been, yeah, he had been on MythBusters for a long time. Um, before that, I mean, people who real myth heads mm-hmm. uh, know how much work that he did on the aforementioned prequels, and he was yeah. the um, operator of R two D two on the prequels. Yeah, and he did a lot of, uh, a lot of sci fi stuff, stuff in stuff. film and yeah. robotics. Yeah. And then as he got older, uh, moved into kind of more in front of the camera stuff. I mean, obviously Myth- Mythbusters, but mm-hmm. um, he, you know, was hosting shows. Yes. Um, he had been part of a couple of Comic-Cons that we went to and was part of the front of the stage part of that stuff, uh, too. I remember seeing him at Emerald City Comic-Con at least once, if not more than that. And he hosted a couple of the um, star interview panels. I think he was... One of, if not the best MCs I've ever had, 
ever, ever well i mean the bar to. is really low I, we, I know but he was really great yeah we complain all the time about how why don't they get people who can do this like know what they're doing or at least open people. yeah and yeah. but yeah out of all the people that um we've often seen yeah he was really enthusiastic yes. and was um a uh, a fairly good interviewer so well, and you could tell, like, he he was a geek himself. He was, you know, very uh, vocal about that, I think. And um, I think that, that that enthusiasm came through. And um, I, I, I've i heard that he uh, was a big Star Trek fan. And apparently he actually starred in some Star Trek fan films as Sulu. Yeah, on, uh, I think, New Voyages, I believe. Yeah, which is, like, really cool, too. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's um yeah the star being part of the Star Trek community as as I am um yes. they're they're taking it pretty hard and I know some people who also starred in those mm-hmm. films um who just had nothing but good things to say and effusive praise mm-hmm. uh, for him so I couldn't have been Tori. <laughs> oh, no. no, just kidding. <coughs> I don't I don't wish death on on no, the character no. Tori or the actress who played her. I just hate that character. No, not, no, Tori from Mythbusters. Oh, Tori from Mythbusters. <laughs> no, Too many yeah. Tories. No, I want uh, Tori's leather jacket to catch fire. And yeah. It's uh, synthetic, so it she goes right up like a Roman candle. Oh my god. She's the new ghostwriter. Um anyways, uh... Time out. <laughs> Let's get some snaps of this. Or like time out, time back in. Yeah, right. Do you feel if you're on fire? Do you feel pain while while you're while timed you're time out, or is everything out? just frozen? I think everything's frozen. Oh, can you just time one the rest of the world back in, and we can just have a burning effigy of oh, no! Tori for from Saved by the Bell? Wow, trying to help you out. <laughs> well, speaking of Tom Holland, as you were before, he and Robert Downey Jr. and also Chris Evans have joined to pay tribute to a boy who saved. His sister from a dog attack. I don't know if you heard about this. I did hear about that. Uh, yeah, there's this kid, um, and I don't know what's going on with the dog. <laughs> Clearly, it wasn't on a leash. Right. Ever tell you about the dog that uh, lived that um, our neighbors had mm-hmm. when I, I was don't growing know up? If you have. We lived um, in a pretty nice, kind of calm area. Yeah. In a suburb, but for some reason, the house next to us was just a mess. There was okay. like two or three families that lived there over the course of me being there as a kid. Yeah. And they were all like. Can I? Are there any hillbillies that I can offend here? I don't know. Or can we still say that? Let's I don't say, know if we can. Well, this is a whole TV show about it, so yeah, that's true. Uh, let's. Just, oh, speaking of TV shows, these guys would have been great on a TLC show. It was always some family okay. who uh, raised ostriches or something like that, or had a million dogs like the Bupkises in uh, in Christmas Carol, uh-huh. and they had one particularly ferocious dog. Uh, who would he was just a monster and they couldn't chain him up to anything because he would rip it out. So at one point they just chained him to a cinder block. Oh my god. And so I was just walking, you know, down our path to go to the garage or to go to the car, and this dog came after me and he was dragging this cinder block with him. And I was like, Oh, I'm out of here. <laughs> oh my goodness. One dad my one day my dad was just doing yard work and walking around and the dog was actually hid in the lilac bushes. Like he was stalking him and waiting for him. And my dad got what? close to the bushes. He jumped out and, and came out. So, yeah. I'm positive wow. that dog was put down at some point. But I never heard about it. Anyway, oh, a dog like animal. this broke free of his cinder block and bit this kid on the face. Oh, my gosh. You know, he was trying to help his. He's like eight. He was trying to help his much younger sister. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, you see like an Instagram shot of this kid. Uh, he's he's in bad shape. Uh, it'll heal up, but not a not a not a cool uh, adventure or uh, a moment, life moment for this little kid. Well, uh, Chris Evans decided to make that uh, a little better for him and sent him a Captain America shield. I heard about that. Yeah. That's so sweet. And then, um, which uh, he you know clearly loved. And then uh, Tom Holland and Robert Downey Jr. have also uh, talked to this kid and gave him some gifts and invited him to uh, come hang out on the set of whatever, whenever we start making a Spider-Man movie again. Yeah, right. <laughs> Wear your mask, kid. Yeah, right. Should have given him a mask. <laughs> but that's, uh, yeah, that's incredible. Um, it's a feel-good story, at yeah. least in the end I'm trying there. to think if I so. would have done that for my sister <laughs> at similar ages. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's, 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 that's not only is it, my sister sweet, probably would have saved brave. me at that age. Oh, you but, think so? Yeah. Oh. But, uh, we'll see. Um, in related Chris Evans news, it's been announced that Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling are going to star in a $200 million spy thriller for Netflix called The Gray Man, based on a book by, uh, you know, espionage author Mark Greeny. Huh. Okay. Um. Can can that the, could be good? I hope it's in seventy millimeter because I don't know how the screen is going to hold this much man. <laughs> well, I know like Gosling is called like the Goss, right? Do we have like a cool nickname for Chris? No, Evans? because Chris Evans is such a human being. He's not. Yeah, you're right. He is a right. he's a big nice dog. Yeah, There's nothing yeah, yeah, enigmatic right. about him you're right. at all. In fact, you know, what is he like in his late 20s? And so he's working out all day and he's shooting all night or vice versa. And so it's only in retrospect that we've gone back and seen video of him at some of these Avengers premieres. And it seems like he's having a real good time. Mm. He was bombed. I know. And he and he's talked about that. It isn't just some secret, you know, where he's still doing it. You know, he's not some Richard Burton figure. Right. He just had like, you know, two and a half kind of rough years where he was turning to like, you know, beer or alcohol or whatever to, to chill out. Yeah. Then he immediately got over it and was like, man, I was, I was, <laughs> I'm doing uh, the hand on my chest laughing. He's like, yeah. I was, I was having a really tough time. <laughs> he's not Tom Cruise. He won't like laugh at like, you know, a dog biting a kid. But... No, 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 no. So but... it's like, he's just, t- I, this is actually, except for the fact that they, you know, I don't think they look alike, but they both have a similar, uh, you know, good looks mm-hmm. like the Robert Pattinson and the, uh, Denzel's kid. That's a good, that's a good man meat pairing there. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, right. <laughs> like they're both they're both extremely handsome. You know, in different ways. Yeah. Um, these guys are just like just both hot blonde guys, right? Well, it's but true. personality wise, perfect. This is like the, you know the other guys yeah. or the nice guys or this is like a buddy cop movie because you yeah. got the one guy who's like, you want to fight? You know, and then Chris Evans is like, I don't know what we're doing over here. This is this is freedom. This is fear. You know, like it's. <laughs> So I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Although yeah. Chris Evans can do more than just Captain America, I've heard. I haven't seen Knives Out. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen Knives Out either, but yeah. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, we will see. Uh, speaking of spy writers, I'm doing a real good job linking all this stuff together today. You are. James Patterson is teaming with Condé Nast Publishing, which we're mad at them for some reason, right? I can't remember. I can't remember. Yeah, it's so tough to be woke. Uh, and they are reviving The Shadow in a new original book series. Okay, just a, it's a book series only Who knows for now. D- darkness lurks within the minds of Ben. Well, the shadow I mean, knows. I, I guess. Uh, uh, I mean, 
How I don't do you, know. You could tell a lot of stories with the shadow. I a think. lot of stories have been told with the shadow. Yeah, that's true. Do you, I don't have a lot of details on this, do you modernize it? Hmm. Does it work if you modernize it, do you think? Like, if you add, like, the internet and, like, cell phones, does it work still? I mean, I guess you if the shadow would have to be somebody uh, who is just not on the internet, has no internet footprint, why? right? Why? I don't know. He's got a whole um, news newsboy brigade, right? So they could just be uh, hackers and hacktivists. Sure. And, uh, but he's Batman. Yeah, that's true. Well, Batman is him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if Batman works, he can work, right? Well, I suppose that's true. Yeah. Can he cloud the minds of cell phones? That's that's, that's the important thing <laughs> because yeah. he can just we can't see him. Just get out your Samsung Galaxy Note and just uh, right turn now on the we camera. can see him. Right, it's got infrared right. in it, guys. Check this out. Because <laughs> I mean, like you know, I think boy, period piece like pulp period pieces were really big when the Shadow movie came out. Yeah, I don't right. know. In are the they 90s. still? I don't know. To the point where they made that weird movie. Captain Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow or whatever. Remember Jude Law is like a Whoa, no, I don't remember this at all. Is a really? Jude no. Law is a pulp hero. Okay. I can't remember who directed it. It's probably somebody very famous and I feel like an idiot for forgetting. And Gwyneth Paltrow is, you know, Polly Pierhart or whatever. And then okay. um Angelina Jolie is the one-eyed pirate captain. <laughs> um she's the role that Catherine Zeta Jones was in the Phantom movie remember that where she's sort of like i'm kind of bad but i don't know billy zane's kind of hot i guess i'm a good guy now uh yeah i remember that yeah. that was that was weird yeah i didn't really like that because it seemed like her character was very inconsistent and the whole thing is shot in the in sepia tone not even black and white in sepia weird and it's all art deco you know like when the weinstein company you know their their logo how yeah. it's all like so what if the whole movie was that Right, and this is a pro- and I'm sure it was produced by the Weinstein's as well. So. Probably, yeah. That would that. Um, I'm not surprised you don't remember that one. But no, that was like the um, the summit, I think, of our uh, love of like revived pulp heroes and okay. having a Flash Gordon show on the Sci-Fi Channel. And so, I don't unless James Patterson, who is very savvy, uh, sees something I don't. I would say don't. Don't make it a period piece. Have it be... Have it be modern. Yeah, Lamont yeah. Cranston's grandson or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and he's an internet journalist or something. And sure, just go why from not? There. It, could be, it could be, like you said, it could be... Uh, the shadow could be an Make identity. it a woman! Sure, why not? That'd be cool. Uh, <laughs> do the deepest wow. voice you can. Do, a, do, do, her, uh, do your brain for picking the brain. Same thing we do every night. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. I was thinking of a funny joke that is unrelated. Oh, okay. <laughs> was who's, that deep enough or who's, no? Who's, oh, Scarlett Johansson is the shadow. Sure. So, who, who knows what lurks in the minds of well, soda stream you, you workers somebody, on the West Bank. You need somebody who, who sounds like they smoked a pack so, a day or something like Scarlett that. Scarlett Johansson. Oh, wow. So political. Just went right, up, right by you. Yeah, well. Speaking of female heroes, Uh man, I'm good at this. Uh, In the new Assassin's Creed Valhalla game, which is not out yet, but is rumored to come out uh, holiday season this year. Yes. uh, You are playing a character called Ivor, which sounds like Ivor Shando. No, Ivor Shandor. I have no idea what that is. What's the the guy that Egon always talks about in the uh, Ghostbusters? Um, 
you know, the character's named Ivor, who is, that's apparently, I guess, could be a male or a female, because you can play a male or female okay, in okay. the game. That makes sense. Uh, also, you can be gay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Which, um... I don't think they featured that in Assassin's Creed before. History's Vikings is to be believed. Mm-hmm. Vikings, didn't, they didn't care what side of the river they rode on. No. Um, so you'll never hear about that. <laughs> uh, the men also were, you know, made made themselves up like more than they put on makeup. They sure. put little um, jewels and, and bells and stuff in their hair. Like yeah. they were like huge. Like when you think about like. Sure, a lot of um, '80s uh, hair metal bands were inspired by uh, the Vikings yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Scandinavian culture, but yeah. they had it more right than you'd think. Yeah, In fact, right. <laughs> you bring Eric the Red to now, and he'd be like, "And it comes out of a bottle and a spray? That's perfect." We used to rub <laughs> sheep grease in our hair to do right, that. Right, That's right, That's amazing. Tell me more, Ricky Rocket. <laughs> so yeah, this um, this game uh, we had talked about this before. Like, what was it going to be? Yeah, um, what, you know. I feel like the height that you're jumping from as an assassin into a bale of hay has really just decreased on a slow decline yeah. in Assassin's Creed games as we go farther back in time. Yeah. Uh, Andy in, in uh, The Old Guard makes a point about this. She's like, I've never fallen 30 stories. Yeah, right. It, it, skyscrapers are only 100 years old. Right, right, right. Uh, and so I was looking into it. There's some uh, long gameplay videos uh, from test builds on the internet now. And what it seems to be is... Yeah, it's going to be more of an adventure game. You're not going to have those things to jump off of. There's big part of the game and, and missions will be raids. So you will go and like do a coastal raid or something like mm. that. Raise towns and, and right. things like that. Pillage and and flighting too. You know what flight is? No. It's not a bunch of little glasses of beer. Flighting was an ancient Norse practice of like doing the dozens. They would like insult wrap each other. What? So it'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about that. My name is Torm, and I'm here to say that everybody hates you and they think you're gay. And then you, your response would be like, "Well, being gay is cool in olden times. Don't give me that crap. You ain't got no rhymes." <laughs> oh, <laughs> do 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 do. Yeah, it's seven thirty-two. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm kind of looking forward to this game. Not as much as I'm looking forward to Ghost of Tsushima. I am More to super come looking forward on to that. that. In fact, our next show might be solely about Ghost of Tsushima. We'll see. <laughs> what else is going on? We're reviving all kinds of things. Wishbone has a film adaptation in the works <laughs> from Mattel and Universal. Okay. Who, um, there's all kinds of toy deals that we've talked about in the past. Toy companies signing up with movie companies, producing yeah. companies. Yeah. Uh, Peter Farrelly will be producing this. Okay. So how many balls is Wishbone going to sniff? Uh, what Whoa. else is going on? It looks like... Any any comment? I have no What's idea story? who that is. What's I don't... Story? The Farrelly brothers? Something about Mary. Oh. Me, myself, and Irene. Why Wishbone, then? That's such a weird... That all seem to make sense. All to me. edgy comics, and uh, if Chris D'Elia hadn't been busted for you know grooming uh, underage women, wow. uh, he would have ended up on Sesame Street, right? Yes. You all. That's that's the look at Shining Time Station. Mm. Both Ringo Starr, who was never really that bad, and George Carlin were both conductors on yeah. the Shining Time Station. Yeah, I know. Right. 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 That's what happens. I know. Whoopi Goldberg goes from, you know, doing jokes about foreskin to like. You know, host it, doing a reading rainbow or something like yeah, that. Yeah, well, okay. Um, they'll have to find a new dog actor, I'm guessing, because I don't think that that same dog is alive anymore. 
but Wishbone was like a pretty fun and wholesome show, so I could see it being no. popular. No, I don't think the original Wishbone is available for this <laughs> for this role. Okay. What's the lifespan of a Jack Russell Terrier? That's a really good question. They're really inbred, so probably know. not long, right? I don't know. Yeah. Let's I not think... talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> let's not talk about okay, it. Okay, let's move on. Uh, it looks like Miramax, which still exists somehow, uh, is working on a modern-day Fletch reboot. The okay. new Fletch, John Hamm. What? Okay. All right. What do we think about when we think about hitting a water buffalo? <laughs> Uh, interesting. I wonder what Chevy Chase thinks about that. Um, <laughs> Don't ask him. Yeah, I know, right? I'm sure he has opinions. Um, I think that John Hamm can be funny. I think he's a good actor, and I think he has a sense of comedy. So, I don't know. It could work. Um, what why do you so, think? Why so good looking? Sorry, Chevy. It's not that I don't think you're good looking, but... Yeah, I, why, I get what you're saying. Why him? Why him? There's other middle-aged actors who are funny. Who are who are com- comedy actors, specifically. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that... And I agree with you. I, I think that Chevy Chase, you know, is, you know, he was a good-looking guy, but... You, you know, well, he's tall. Yeah. You know who um, would do it? Or, well, I don't know if they would do it, but it would suddenly become a $250 million movie. Who? Robert Downey Jr. would be a great Fletch. In oh, fact, yeah. when he's not Iron Man, and even when he is Iron Man, he's Fletch. Like, yeah. I don't know what he did. Uh, right, it's been a long right, time right. since I've seen um, the pickup artist or less than zero or whatever. But I feel like he's always played a character who should be succeeding, but mm. isn't. Mm-hmm. Wakes up in a puddle, you know, yeah. or something like that. And that that that's a Fletch. Yeah. And he's got comedy traps, too. Yeah. So, um, Yeah. That would have been a great pick. Huh. Interesting. Well, um, what do you think Jennifer Grey is going to play in the Dirty Dancing movie reboot they're doing at Lionsgate? She is starring and executive producing. So what? looks like mom is going to be hot in this one. <laughs> are they, are they rebooting it or is she going to play the same character except older? Uh, g- great question. But yeah. I- I'm fr- pretty sure it's going to be, you know, they could go back to... Lake Winnipesaukee or wherever they were. Yeah. She could be a dance instructor. Uh-huh. Has a kid. Right, right, whose right. Whose nose doesn't look like hers. Right. I know. <laughs> Whatever, man. I mean, it's What I life, love about these stories, but, what I yeah. love about these stories is that they're all delivered. When you read Variety, there isn't like a totally going to happen, we'll see, not in a million years. No. There, there aren't those sections to the, to no. the trades. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. They're all presented equally. Yeah. So John Hamm being in Fletch... I mean, I don't think that's going to be huge, but I definitely think that it will. Miramax needs a movie, and so does John Hamm. So this movie will come out, and it'll get press because it's people still love John Hamm, yeah, and they love Fletch, and all the boomers and old Gen Xers remember Fletch, yeah. A new Dirty Dance. There have been like fourteen Dirty Dancing movies, you know, Dirty Dancing Havana Nights, yeah, and yeah, like right, all this right, other right. stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the fact that they're just like. Dirty Dance, it's going to be huge. Like yeah. when they announced the Gem movie. Gem! Remember when Gem came out yeah. and nobody knew that it came out? Yeah. And it feels like it would have found a home on Queeby if it had just waited until Queeby was created. Yeah. But it was just so minor. And <laughs> that's that's what I feel about this. There will there will be a Dirty, a dirty Dancing movie mm. with Jennifer Grey in it, but I don't think you'll even know it, it has come out. Well, and who... 
who do you get to play the Patrick Swayze part? Well, first of all, um, that um, that chick from the Mummies in it, right? Oh, she's our most famous dancing actor actress right now. Oh, yeah. So if she wants to do it, it's hers. Yeah, right. I can't remember her name. I can't either. Um, which is uh, not good. I know that I'm old, but not good. Yeah. Well. Let's talk about comics. All right, let's do it. Zach, well, it's still movies. Uh, Zachary Quinto and Carrie Payton are joining the Invincible series at Amazon. Invincible, of course, is a comic book from Robert Kirkman, the creator of The Walking Dead. It's very oh, popular. Okay. okay. Uh, it is an animated film. Okay. And uh, yeah, there are just uh, two more two more voice actors being added. I don't know who Carrie Payton is. Carrie Payton is. Uh, I think his dad's a cop. Like he's the voice of Cyborg from Teen Titans. Oh, okay. And uh, many, cool. many other things. Okay. All right. Cool. Yes, they join uh, uh, Stephen Yen, okay. uh, who is the he's the lead. Oh, I think we could probably talked about this before. Yeah, I just don't remember. Yeah. And um, uh, J.K. Simmons is in it. Uh, Sandra Oh, Jillian Jacobs, Daisy Beats, Seth Rogen, Mark Hamill. So they're throwing everything they got at this. Wow, that is. A very fairly di- it's a big cast but it's a fairly diverse cast um and i like a lot of those actors so i mean i i hope it i hope it does well but uh you've never laid eyes on the comic book i have not i have not no uh not, not a huge walking dead fan so yeah, you wouldn't be a fan of this either oh okay it's um what is it about even i don't even know it's not great oh you've read it and a million 40-year-old men just punch the air, but that's who seems to like it. Yeah, I've read a lot of it. Oh, okay. In spite of myself. Oh. It's Kirkman doing, you know, a, a Spider-Man story, basically. It's like the birth of the hero. It's a young kid, gets okay. powers. In this case, they're uh, flying brick powers. You know, he's strong. He flies. Okay. Um, I think he can shoot lasers. Maybe he can't shoot lasers. I don't know. Uh, and then it's just him dealing with this. But of course, in true Kirkman style, it's not really like that. There's a sense of wonder to it. There is supposed to be a sense of wonder to it. But like Spider-Man rarely gets his face punched into hamburger. And Invincible right. is incredibly violent. And it's okay. he finds out that because I guess Akira Toriyama is not going to sue you. But he finds out that he's like half alien and the alien uh, that race that he comes from this is star lord i guess too is very warlike and eventually one day his dad shows up and is like all right we're gonna take over the earth now but you know the kid's like oh is that what i was supposed to be doing like i was just growing up on earth right right, earth. right and so they fight and it's you know i don't know it's i don't i don't find it appealing really in any way oh okay <laughs> i don't right. know why i just not you know i mean it's not an original idea and it the tone shifts so fast you know, he's having fun one minute as a as a kid and the mm-hmm. next, like, he's ripping somebody's arm off. And right. I just don't. I don't know. It's not for me. Okay. A lot of famous people going to be talking in it, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> all right. Fair. <sighs> okay. Well, that's good good news story. Good yeah, news. Good news. Only good news. Yeah. It looks like, uh, I think Netflix is going to produce a cartoon series based on Usagi Yojimbo. Yes, the venerable, this. long, long-running character by Stan Sakai. It's going to be called Samurai Rabbit, the Usagi mm-hmm. Chronicles. Mm-hmm. And if I was Naoko Takauchi, creator of Sailor Moon, yeah. I'd be like, hold up a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, I heard it's like it's like his descendant. Like it's not. Yep. Uh, 
the the main character from the comics it's his descendants so in modern times yep so i'm not sure if that's as exciting or as interesting but nope (laughs) (laughs) yep if you think about something like usagi yojimbo yeah of which there is you have no shortage of material, right? No. There are like a hundred volumes yes, of it. Yes, so much. He's just a machine that makes uh, rabbit, rabbit samurai stories. Yeah. Uh, and the way that it is, you know, I wouldn't say it's specifically for kids, but the way that it captures this tone of sort of epic adventure and whimsy and fairy tale with people sometimes cutting other people's heads off. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, that's... That's what I'm talking about. That's the thumbs up for me. Invincible's the thumbs down. Right. But you take it and you do what I guess we suggested you do with the shadow, which is like you can do Batman and set it in like a quasi 40s or 50s world. And then once you've had eight seasons of Batman, then you can do Batman Beyond. Yeah. This is just directly to. Hey man, don't I, I got a skateboard. I'm a skateboarding samurai. Yeah, right. I know. Why don't they think that this well Netflix screws everything up. But why don't they yeah, think that just a pleasant, you know, uh well animated yeah. series set in uh what is it? Tokugawa era Japan right. would would do good. I I don't know. I think it would, honestly. Um I don't know if this is I mean, then modernizing it as as good of an idea. I can't idea, remember. But... There's nothing. There's been nothing major, but I can't remember there, if there's been any adaptations of this before. But I think when you're Stan Sakai and you've been doing this 30, 40 years, mm-hmm. you're probably just like, okay, yeah, all right. I mean, I think he. Is and then involved... we're gonna. And then he's gonna be on a skateboard. Stan's like, all right, <laughs> right. I, I think he is involved somewhat in the. I just want my kids process, to go to college. But, right. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yes. I know. I don't know. It's it tried to be like Lone Wolf, and, Lone Wolf and Cub 2100. It wouldn't work. And the baby carts, a hover baby cart. It, it's all. <laughs> it's all about, you know, well, you know, that time period and that particular culture it was, you know uh, what i mean pre it was late it was pre meiji yeah uh alone with him cub yes so there was like guns everywhere right um that's why the baby cart had an iron plate on the bottom of it so he could flip it over and protect, protect him and, and daigoro from yeah. from bullets yeah yeah that, yeah think about this that book is oh my god i've only read some of it i would like to read more but it's really good it goes on for a while. I know it does. Maybe. Too much? A little too long. Okay. <laughs> but uh, it's worth sticking with it to the end. Yeah. Okay, cool. Just like Usagi Chronicles, The Rise of Yojimbo. <laughs> So you don't remember why you didn't see The Prestige. That's correct, yes. I don't remember if I saw it in theaters. Okay. And this is like right after Batman Begins. Yes. And I think we might have even known each other, so I guess we didn't see it. Right. But, 
yeah, either I saw this, either I went to the theater, in which I, it's totally possible, or it was a Flickster situation, you know, mm-hmm. get those little DVDs in the mail. Uh, <laughs> sure. But I saw it somehow at some point, and I got to tell you, I wasn't impressed. Oh. And you're going to talk about how you felt about the film after you tell us what happens in it. All right. So what happens in it? So basically, it's the 1800s in England. I think it's London. It's it's the Edwardian era. Edwardian so. era. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. It's the uh, 1800s. <laughs> so is there war in Europe or something? Are we trying to stop Napoleon? All no. Right. No. This is the Edwardian era. Yeah. The Edwardian era. And um, there are these two magicians, uh, Christian Bale and uh, Hugh Jackman who um, have this huge, vicious, bitter rivalry with each other. And um, they uh, they absolutely hate each other. I mean, I mean the, the, I guess, they maybe they didn't see eye to eye to begin with. They were kind of working with each other at the beginning of the film. But um, Hugh Jackman's wife was one of the assistants to a different magician. You're really not starting this right. I'm not. There's three stages too. Okay, Michael Caine, Master Wayne, is 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 he's kind of like he's behind the scenes and he helps kind of build some of the the magic tricks for these magicians. Um, obviously, he knows some magic himself, but he's not a, a magician. He's not a performer. Uh, but he is there, and he's very much part of these both of these men's lives. Um, Hugh Jackman's wife is a magician's assistant. She does this trick where. <laughs> They, they're, they're both plants in the audience, and you know this happens a lot, probably still modern day. I'm confused. But what? I've seen the film, and I'm, I'm already confused. You're already confused? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Am I not doing a good job of this? Well, you're starting with the first scene. Mm-hmm. Actually, I tried to help you start with the first scene, uh, which is actually the last scene. Mild oh, spoilers. Oh, okay, okay. All I'll right. take over. All right, all right, uh, someday, me... someday you'll do it to my uh, satisfaction. Well, I... This is where the uh, antagonism could come in. I... Like, <laughs> but that, but antagonism that drives the show forward. Okay, so Michael Caine explains the the three. There are three basic no, steps. No, you're not listening because I I was criticizing myself for giving that to you. In this movie, it's set in Edwardian times in England, but travels around the world. Two magicians, one who is enigmatic, played by Christian Christian Bale, one who's a consummate showman but kind of a prick, played by Wolverine, uh, are sparring with wit. Words and magic tricks, mm-hmm. and one they they and it, it's all fighting over this trick uh, called the dis the, the transported man, man yeah, um, which uh, is very enigmatic, and it is a, a they're wrestling with um, the, the meaning of what they do, the soul of magic, and Andy Circus is there. Yes, there you go, and David Bowie and Michael King. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, should we talk about real briefly? Like, no, you should talk about whether you liked it or not. Uh, okay. Well, I yes. we got look. You <laughs> you're looking at a plate of spaghetti, and you're like, "Let's straighten them all out, boys." And I'm like, "Let's just eat the spaghetti." All right. Well, I was going to talk about like the three different parts of a magic trick, but yeah. is that you want to get to that later? Yeah. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> um. Yes. Yes, I did like this film. Um, I think it's very Nolan-esque, um, which I'm sure we will get into 
later. We're going to get into that specifically. We yeah. want, we, the reason that we're talking about a movie that's not Tenet is because yes. we want to talk about, I well, I'll confess, I wanted to talk about Chris Nolan blockbusters. Let me give you the um, the syllabus here. Why they are smart, dumb movies or dumb, smart movies. Right. And why they hit the exact middle of the bell curve for the American uh, movie going audience. Yeah. And all the ways that that makes them bad movies. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you're going to say you're going to praise it? Wow. <laughs> Who's antagonistic now? I uh, started antagonistic. Yeah, well, um, I don't know. I think I like most of Christopher Nolan's movies, even if you say they're smart, dumb movies or dumb, smart movies. Um, I enjoy watching them. Um, I liked seeing... Um, you know, there's there are confusing parts of this movie that you figure out later on. Uh, but I liked seeing the 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 story kind of unravel um, or unfold. I guess maybe I should say. Um, but there there are parts of it where I was like, I am shaking my head. Um, but I, I I liked how different these characters were and how similar they were, and I liked how their uh, rivalry was portrayed. Um, that's that's what I liked about this film. You're making a face at me. You never like prepare remarks. Just hear the grinding of the of the sausage maker here uh, as we talk about how the show works. But I feel like you never. I don't know. You know, I feel like if you had bullet points, you could slide between them easily and give us your overview of how you felt. Because you're just trying to cram your entire review into me just asking you, what you think? I don't feel like I'm trying to do that. I'm just trying to give you an overview of how I felt about the film. You're the one that stopped. I I thought I was done. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, you weren't done though. You were in the middle of saying something. You were saying that you liked how it was put together, and it was it, the way that it unravels or, or or not unravels unfolds. I'm listening. I just don't. I just don't like what you're saying. Well, <laughs> this, you're entitled to your opinion. Well, yeah, but I'm also you know you know one of the hosts of this show, and this movie has been litigated already. People really like it, and then they forgot all about it. And to me, that's the mark of a movie with no staying power, a movie that is pleasant and makes people feel like they experienced or learned something mm-hmm. or they, you know, were fooled or weren't fooled by something. But then that's not, that doesn't go on an AFI list. That doesn't go in the, I am, well, could go on the IMDb <laughs> top 100 because it doesn't mean anything, but do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think I this is like, what you're saying. I think like, like in a magic trick, this movie means nothing and mm-hmm. it's empty. Mm-hmm. And as the movie tells you about magic tricks, right, when you know saying. the secret, yeah. the magic's gone. And I think this movie is uh, intricately constructed like that cage that they, you know, strapped to to Hugh Jackman. Yeah. But ultimately just kills the bird of my interest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Wow. Christopher Nolan movies are about three things. Okay. Do you know what they are? All of them. Mm-hmm. All Christopher, number one, all Christopher Nolan heroes have an obsession that destroys their lives or is destroying yes. their lives. Yes. And as often results in them ki- their kids being taken away from them. Yeah. All right. <laughs> number two, they are always fighting against some kind of society, be it society at large, be mm-hmm. it the society of 
of magic or entertainers Mm -hmm. in this case, Mm -hmm. be it the dream society. I guess it's corporations and uh, corporate society and governments in uh, Inception. Right. And number three, Michael Caine. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe there's not three things. But I did notice that Michael Caine is always a helpful old man. And he's always taking care of the hero's kids. Yep. Inception. Yep. Murph. Interstellar. Yeah. This movie. Yeah. And Bruce Wayne didn't have any kids. (laughs) No, but he takes care of Bruce Wayne. Wayne. Who's kind of like a giant kid. Thomas Wayne is the main character of the Batman series. (laughs) Yeah, right? Uh... I mean, he, tried, he tried to change the society of Gotham City. He was obsessed with it. Yeah. And well, then Michael Caine took care of his kid. Well, yeah, yeah, because like Bruce was a kid for a long time while Alfred was taking care of him, right? And then he took care of him into his adulthood. So I think it still fits. Yeah. 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 <sighs> I've yeah, also heard that The Prestige mm-hmm. is about filmmaking. And if that's true, Christopher Nolan hates you. Whoa. He hates people that watch his movies. He thinks that they are rubes and idiots, and he has pulled off another trick, if that's really true. Because that's this movie is about... First of all, this movie um, is not an original story, right? It's based on a novel. Right, right. Um, although it was adapted by him and uh, Jonathan Nolan, as per his usual. His brother, yes. Yeah. Um, so it's not... Maybe this isn't all... But he picked the story. Uh, maybe it's not all his opinions. But this movie is... Nominally about magic. Yes. Probably more about performing, but mm-hmm. ultimately about a man and his big dick who just wants to be the best at what's up then. But in this case, <laughs> it's about two people. Yeah, right. So imagine if there were like two people in Batman going like, where are the other drugs going? No, I was just saying, where are the other drugs going? <laughs> and it really gets in the way of this. And don't get me wrong. It's a great, like, I, huge, I think I've 90% of... Hugh Jackman things that I've seen have been him be, as Wolverine. Yeah, like right. I don't know anything about his output as an actor. Right, I haven't seen Van Helsing. Uh huh. But he does a great job in this. He does, and Christian Bale does a an also a pretty good job in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But did it have to have two protagonists? <laughs> because it's just you literally. Yeah, and I mean, I think spoilers maybe that's how the for a fifteen-year-old yeah. movie. But mm-hmm. it gets to the end, and they've both got. Uh, I think the movie leans a little more into um, Jackman being the protagonist, especially in the second act. Yes, I would agree with so you. So I, I maybe, I don't know if, you, I didn't check the billing on this, but if he was billed over Christian Bale, um, fine. Mm-hmm. I think that fits. But he's got a whole thing going on, and Bale's got a whole thing going on, and the final confrontation, which is a little, there's a, there's a timer on it. Something's going to happen here in this confrontation. Yeah. I guess I haven't spo- spoiled it all the way. They have to both reveal their their tricks yep to the audience and it's like well what about this cool thing that i did and let's all flash back on this yeah it's like, right yeah but i did something cool too and then oh, we flash no. back on that and you're like wow so many reveals it's like david copperfield and and uh and chris mark, angel. mark hennig oh well okay chris angel <laughs> <laughs> are both doing their tricks at the same time yeah. and i don't know where to look yeah it's a lot it's a lot to take in and to process and uh, yeah. accept. There are top hats on top of top hats in there, this movie. There are. And a cat precariously balancing on both. Doug Hennig, right? Doug Hennig. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, that poor cat. Um, poor Doug Hennig. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, 
Hmm. We're done with all of our content. <laughs> we are? Well, I mean, you didn't challenge any of the assertions that I made. Uh, you, you didn't offer anything to, to, to compliment or antagonize it. So I, I, I'm just done. You're I feel just like this. Done? Well, I mean, I feel like this ground has been tread. We could dig into why it's about filmmaking. And why I, is it about filmmaking? Like, I don't really see that other than it's like I think showmanship that, and like performing and that sort of thing. Oh, and really? Like, you think the presence of Thomas Edison in this movie like it doesn't signify that it's about filmmaking? He created the motion picture camera. Oh, yeah, all the patents. I guess Hollywood exists because, because people who didn't want to pay. No, people, no, specifically not because of Thomas Edison. People didn't want to pay him patent money to use his lenses and equipment, and so they just used it anyway, and then they moved out to an orange grove in California mm-hmm. because, you know, you had to send a lawyer on a train back then to serve right. a summons. Right, It's a real wanky kind of theory that I think has merit, although I think I've heard it applied to almost all of his films. Hmm. That, like I said, this movie is about showmanship and it's about presenting something way more. We know from the beginning that magic's not real. This isn't going to be a thing where there was another competing magic movie. There always are competing mm-hmm. films with Edward Norton where the illusionist, I think. Okay. Paul Giamatti, Edward Norton. I think Jessica Biel. So that's, wow, Eesh. one for the ages. Where he's a magician and well, we, we know, I mean, we know that. Magic's not real. Right. Magic's not real. Right. But there's a couple points where people are like, they don't tell you how he does something. And people are really like, this guy's, this guy's good. I think the movie is really about like just choosing to believe in something or, or not. I don't know. It's not a very good movie. This movie, we know it's not true. Up until the point that Nikola Tesla starts creating doubles of people and it just becomes a science it's fiction. It's science fiction all of a sudden. Yeah. I guess that is part of it. Like it's. Like, and I think that really undermines it's a little weird. their entire story about... Somebody who is so committed to his craft and to be oh the best and also to put on an act in a show. Yeah. And the realm that you choose to put a char- that character you created in who has this crazy, goofy obsession would have to be magic mm-hmm. and specifically magic before the Internet mm. and the mass magician. Right. Right. So it's not really about magic. But then. Christopher Priest is like, oh, my God, the author of the novel. Oh, this hat is going to fit so good on top of this other hat. What if Nikola Tesla was also doing real magic with science? And you're like, wait a minute. So now the movie is about science versus belief and and, and faith? No, it's not. Jackman doesn't care at all about that stuff. No, no. So you just suddenly made your movie a sci-fi movie. And I'm not against, like... Oops, no, it's a sci-fi movie. But, but like, to, for it to come in that late into the story, it's kind of weird. And it's a little... Yeah, it's, it's, it's really late. It's a li- it is really late. And it's a little... It makes it a little off-putting. And it's just so much more that you have to accept. I think something that's interesting... Um, we're, we're fully into spoilers now, right? Like... Well, uh, I guess. Um, so when we get the... The, the reveal at the end. And, and when we were talking about it before, you were saying, you know, any movie, if you have a huge reveal like this, if you know the reveal before you go into the movie, it's not going to have the same effect. So it's really important that you don't know it before you're seeing it. But um, so we find out that Christian Bale is actually how he did the transported man is he actually is twins. And they were 
pretending to be the same person. Right, but I, okay, I don't want to interrupt your explanation. It's going great so far, but you described it in terms of what the movie, the, the way the movie presented it, which is this dumb trick, which nobody really cares about, mm-hmm. and we're told by the movie that it's the basis of their act and the source of their obsession, but it's not. That's text. The subtext is that for whatever reason, Hugh Jackman is just so petty and so proud that he can't ever be bested. And Christian Bale has just made a decision very early on. He would have to in his life that Christian Bale, A and B are going to pretend to be one person. I I think the trick is, is just completely uh, a word to that where a word is not important. But a more complicated word than that. This is going to get... Should we wrap this up? Why? The whole show? No. And the the network? No. What's the word I'm looking for? Oh, my goodness. If you were listening, you'd just plug it in. Um, Ancillary could be... But that's not the best choice. Um... Superfluous. I, yeah, sure. It, it's, it's not as... I guess it's my point. I don't know why you would help me, me make it. So... Go ahead with your big spoiler that misses the point of the film. Don't say that. Don't. 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 If you were really antagonistic, you would just come right back. And I was going to talk about how he is so committed to doing this and committed to being the same person that after Jackman shoots his fingers off, he cuts the fingers off of his brother. This is plot. In the exact same way. I, I know. We're not talking but, about plot. But... Let me finish. Let me finish. Okay, Ross. When they see the, uh, there, there's another, an Asian ma- a magician, and they're trying to figure out how he does this goldfish trick. And Christian Bale's character sees through it right away. He's like, he's pretending to be an old, frail old man, but he isn't really. He's actually very strong. And he pretends to be old and frail in public whenever he's in public and has been for years. And he sees through that. Right away, I think, not just because he's a good magician, but because he's doing something similar. He is he has constructed his life in such a way that because of what he does... He's definitely a better magician. Well, but, but yeah. I, but I, the parallel is there. Yeah. Now, again, I don't... I, this is all plot, and I've done the work for you. He discovers in the first act they meet this guy who's pretending to be somebody else. Before that, they even deal with birds in cages. And the little boy says, where's his brother? Because the bird is dead. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, he's, uh, he, when, when he's talking to Mr. Fallon and Mr. Fallon leaves and the wife comes in and goes, oh, I'm pregnant. And he's like, oh, this is great news. We should have told, told Mr. Fallon. No, you're right. The father who's leaving right now. Yeah, right, right. Some days it's not true. Boy, I really fought with myself over this decision. You know, the, these fingers, it's almost as bad as the day that it happened. Yeah, I know. You know, my mind is really divided on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Caine, he uses a double. He uses a double. He, use, he was only 15 years old. He uses, <laughs> he uses a double. He lives his act. Yeah, right. I wrote all this stuff down as I was watching it because I knew what was going to happen. Yes. And like somebody watching a Night Shyamalan movie for the second time, uh, you know, your, your experience is a little different. And right. the best twists, and this this is not, I don't think that Christopher Nolan is, you know, he he's not a twist guy, but he often has like, you know, just screenwriting of third act reveals. 
But this is based on twists. The book was based on twists. This is all about twists. Yes. All about reversals. And so he wants to make sure that you get that. And and good move. What am I trying to say? Good filmmakers and good stories survive the twist. The twist recontextualizes what's going on. I'm sorry, feminists. The best example I have right now is Fight Club, a movie where when you go back and watch it again, the the fact that he is Tyler Durden, whoops, spoiler for a 20-year-old movie, yeah. um, is just a recontextualization of the war that he is having with himself. Yes. And the exchanges that he has with Brad Pitt, uh, Edward Norton, are still entertaining and still yes. informative, but now we understand more. Yes, I would agree. The village, when you find out they're all in a nature preserve, it doesn't do... First of all, there's two things. It either doesn't apply to the story at all because it's like, well, somebody was still chasing Joaquin Phoenix with a knife. You know what I mean? He was still in danger the entire time. Right. And how does that work out in their society? Right. Forget the fact that they live in a a park or something like that or a nature reserve. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like Men in Black. Men in Black has this thing where the cat has a a galaxy around its in the bobble around its collar or whatever. Yeah, right? Right, right, right. And so that's all well and good. And they go, huh, boy, it's, it's weird. Perspective's weird. You know, maybe we're not the most important thing in the universe. At the very end of the movie, we pan out or zoom out and we find out that our universe is just a toy that a weird alien plays with. Right. It doesn't change anything that happens in the film before. It's right. just a little interesting grace note and a second beat of that perspective that like, you right. know, there are worlds outside and within worlds. Yes. Doesn't hurt anything. I agree with you. This twist? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> my, my, my biggest takeaway was that they were shoving it in your face the entire movie. Yeah, I, I can, you know. And I think back going back it, and yeah. seeing some of the, the scenes once again from a correct perspective, I, I think that they're played right. I think that they're played well. But I see another movie where we don't, feel the need to make this a twist and we explore the lives of two men who have decided to ruin their lives and everybody's lives connected to them Mm -hmm. by living separately or or pretending to be the same person. Yeah, right. That's so much more interesting. The Mm -hmm. character of Angier, who we learn out as uh, Lord Cornrows or whatever, uh, the entire film, his motivations are a mystery. We never understand why he wants to do this at all. And mm-hmm. there's a hint or two to him having, you know, some other past. And you wonder where he gets all this money from. Right. But he's only his lordship, you know, his peerage is only hidden so that we go, oh, my God, when we see him with the daughter in the prison at the end. Yes. Which you were not fooled at all by. You knew it was him the whole time. Yeah. So unless that is a reveal to hide the larger reveal at the end, which I might have to say, you were completely, you didn't know until the last second. No, I did not. What was going on. No, I did so not. So it worked on you. Yes. But my point is, we spend seven-eighths of the movie with a character that we don't understand, and the movie is not interested in helping us understand. Right. Because his entire background and origin is hidden to us. Yes. And it isn't at the very end when he is dying, surrounded by the hundreds of hymns, the hymns that he's killed. Hymns, the, we're sponsored, uh, text hymns to <laughs> hymns.com. Um, that we go, wow, he really cared about this. Wish I knew why. Yeah, yeah, although that's true. Just because Coyote Ugly got, got drowned? Is that the only part of the reason? That yeah, because like, his wife died. But he was already really into this. So I don't, 
I don't understand these characters at all. And if you ask yeah. Nolan today, he'd be like, I told you in the movie that even the characters don't care about the trick. It's not about the trick. It's about fooling people or whatever. And it's about them not understanding. But that's a bad, that's a bad ethos for a film. <laughs> do you know what I mean? These yeah. people do ridiculous things with their lives. And I don't ever understand why. No, I think that that's a really, really good point. And in the moment when Christian Bale 1 is hanged and Christian Bale 2 is free, uh, and right before they drop him, he goes, abracadabra. It's like, that's it. That's, see, that you told on yourself, movie. You're just a summer blockbuster. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, I could see Jesse Eisenberg doing a trick, and now you see me three where they're going to hang him. And they're like, any last words? Abracadabra. And then, like, uh, Woody Harrelson, like, swings in or something like that. Right, It's just not, people take his movies so seriously, and they are not meant to be taken seriously. They are just summer blockbusters with a cool hat on. They're eating uh, gourmet popcorn instead of, like, the swill that comes out of the concession stand. Do you... Do you think it's just it's the way that the films are presented? Like, like it's just like, oh, this is really cool. This is really serious. Um, and like, just the the the, the overall tone. That I think these it's films the amount have. of look. They're well made. I think it's the yeah. uh, the effort that goes into them. Like, you know, if Vin Diesel is drives a car off a cliff and he's like, uh, oh, there's just no traffic or whatever. Like, uh, you know, you know what you're getting. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. But like his films deal with. Oh, the Edwardian period, and uh, is van- vigilantism okay? That's the what, that's what the four color comic book has been dealing with for eighty years, and you don't call comic books highbrow, but because a movie's like, oh, should this ma- rich guy be trying to fix all of our problems? Suddenly, it's like, oh yeah, it's really intellectual. Let's really think about it. I mean, what's really this film in particular? What is really intellectual about it besides like these guys? They know who Tesla is. Yeah, I know. And that's something that, like, internet bros have uh, latched onto recently. Who, by the way, Tesla was, first of all, this is not. I mean, I guess if you want to cast somebody that suggests, you know, all their worldliness. (laughs) 56-year-old Bowie's the one to go with? I don't know. Uh, Uh, But, you know, all right, fine, David Bowie. Yeah. Uh, But Tesla was a weird guy. Oh, I can believe that. He was a weird, weird guy. Yeah, yeah. Andy Serkis would have been... He should have played Tesla. Oh, you think so? And not doing his, hey, what's up? I'm from Brooklyn. That guy is good. He's so good, you didn't know that was Andy Serkis. I did not know that was yeah. Andy Serkis. Yeah. But he'll never, ever get a lead <laughs> in anything. So yeah, I think that's why he's trying to direct bad. now. Um, he's directing Venom. That's right. <laughs> that's crazy. And he, I wonder if he's going to put himself in it. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't complain. Be Mole Man or something. Right, right. We wouldn't recognize him, but we'd be like, that's Andy Serkis right there. Um... What? Because, like, this isn't even, like, how is this even, like, a thinking man's movie besides your, while these two characters are obsessed with each other and obsessed with figuring out how the transported man trick works and how they can get a better, different version of it. You're obsessed with this transported man. Yeah. Well, are they, like, are you, as the viewer, are you supposed to be trying to figure out, well, how do they do it? Like... Is, is that the no, intellectual no, that's something piece else. about it? No, because the first time they do the trick, they don't even show the trick. True. They go to Bale's, I don't remember the character's name, I, Barton or Bald- Borden or, or Borden, yeah, something. something like that. Yeah. There is an axe in the film. Lizzie Borden? Yeah, <laughs> is that a I don't know. I don't know. You can't just drop something like that on me. Yeah, uh, well. Michael Michael Kine goes to his show and 
sees the trick and Bale throws the ball and gets in the box and then it pans to the audience and we never even see the trick. No, you're right. We don't see the full trick. And I don't yeah. know if that is them because, okay, all right. Okay, so here's part of the magic. This is the magic trick part of it. Once you know, I, I won't go so far as to say that this is a village, but I don't think it's a fight club either. I think that now I that when you know you. the secret and you watch it again, there are some things that you go, okay, they played that pretty well. But there's some things that they go, why is there a major character in this film who's in many, many, many scenes and is talked about a lot and there's no, he's not in the cast list. Like if you had just, before yes, the movie even came right. out, who plays Mr. Fallon? Right, right, right. <laughs> right? I'm right. sure they had a blank space on IMDb, but at that point right. you go, there's a double in this film. Right, 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 Somebody's right. playing two roles. And so I think they hide that actually really well because you don't really think about it. If You you might ask a question or two, but then you accept Mr. Fallon and he just becomes part of the movie even though you don't, do I recognize this guy? So that's that's good if you're obsessed like Christian, Christian Bale is with following the storyline about this guy who's two people, which is completely unbelievable. I know. A mistake I think they made was, yes, if Dunton is going to copy this trick and he doesn't have the magic machine he gets a little bit later, mm -hmm. he's going to need a double. So they find a guy that looks like Hugh Jackman who's played by Hugh Jackman. Uh, yeah. That, right. from a structure, from, from the standpoint of building this film, is a misstep, I think. Mm -hmm. Because you've got Christian Bale playing himself, which is a movie thing that, like, like a trick. We know the trick's not real, but how'd they do it? Right. Now you've got, like, Hugh Jackman actually playing himself, and then later in the movie he'll make a lot more of himself. Right. And I just, you know, on the page, I think structure-wise, that is a hiccup. I, yeah, Also, I if he can murder himself hundreds of times, why don't we, we should have a scene near the end where they find, you know, a guy that looks like... <laughs> look like Angier in the river or something. Why not go kill a guy who's blackmailing him if he's a murderer already? Yeah, well, yeah. They should have right. just cast somebody who, you know, I don't know, looks kind of like Hugh Jackman. But isn't is obviously not. And then Hugh you Jackman. go, well the easiest way is just to but, but make it explicit just you know giving him false teeth and it's the same guy. I just, you know, we're you're already watching this through a meta lens. You're watching it yes. from a remove of Batman and Wolverine are fighting. Yeah. And then Black Widow's going to help. Mm -hmm. And so you're already aware of it being like a film, a presentation. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And so, but then it just seemed like half lazy, half Hugh Jackman wanted to show his, his chops by playing a character that was distinct from him. Yeah. I don't know. It's not that big of a deal. I, and here's the thing. On the page, it worked fine. Because yeah, on the page, yeah. you right, just right, say, right. this guy looks a lot like him. And it's not him. But. In the right, movie, right, it's right. actually played by the guy, and I just thought that was... Well, when you, when you later, like when you were saying, when you later have him actually make doubles of himself, it's a little, <laughs> it's a little much. Yeah. I, I did turn to you at one point towards the end of the film before the big reveal was revealed and was like, why isn't Mr. Fallon, why doesn't he talk at all? Why haven't we heard him say anything? Yeah. And he just kind of looked at me and was like, eh. And I was like, okay, that's just a choice they made. But I didn't figure it out, though. You know what I mean? I, I didn't. It didn't dawn on me until you didn't figure it out with all the help of lines like this is almost like it, it's been done recently instead of back then. I know. Like you're gonna have you're gonna put leading, lines like that yeah. in the film, but then when the reveal finally comes, then you're gonna actually you know do the thing where they flash back to certain scenes and we see we things see that again. to help us key off. Yeah, and that's why I think Christopher Nolan thinks that you're an idiot. I get it. I do. I. What's your favorite Christopher Nolan movie? 
Mm. Mine's following. I'm gonna give you the the film snob. Wow. Answer no. Following's fine. It's not great. Probably probably Dark Knight. If I'm really honest. Yeah, I think mine um, might be um, Insomnia. Oh really? Which is itself, you know, <laughs> I look. Robin Williams, uh, you know, Goodwill Hunting. Mm-hmm. He he was nominated. Did he win the Oscar? I can't remember. I can't remember. And then we were treated to like Yakov the Liar and One Hour Photo and all these like I'm a serious Patch actor Adams. now. So just well, that's comedy still though. He's a funny doctor. That's the whole point. Yeah, but it was more serious. Right, but he's not like a serial killing like well, photo okay, mark guy. Okay, okay, fair. Who likes Neon Genesis Evangelion? That's weird. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so you know, you know, you think Insomnia. He's going up against Al Pacino. Like, what's this going to be? Mm-hmm. It's pulpy and it's not believable, but I think it really works. Mm-hmm. Now, it's based on a movie that really worked. Uh oh. From Sweden. Oh. That yeah. Stellan Skarsgård was in. But I think that that's, okay. for me, it doesn't have, he's not fighting against a society or whatever, although he's kind of obsessed. It's kind of like the least nolan movie that I can think of. Uh, let's wrap this up because I want to talk about Tenet. Yeah. Um, I I guess I have like, we talked off air a little bit about uh, how did the double thing work? How did the, the, the Hugh Jackman's transporting like machine that Tesla made, like how does it work? I had a couple other thoughts about it. Um, so we see towards the end of the film how he does the trick. Like they're, they built a trap door underneath the machine and it, uh, and whoever is standing on the trap goes into the tank and is drowned. And then there's somebody else who is transported. So they die. And, uh, there's somebody else who's transported somewhere else in the theater and like does the, the prestige, the final part Man's imagination exceeds his reach and grasp or something. So the first time we we do a flashback, the first time we see Jackman do this, like go into the machine himself. um, How do you explain a gunshot to your blind stage hands? That's what I want to know. Yeah, I want to know that too. Um, He's standing in the machine. So he's the man in the box, right? We, we all know where you're going, so just uh, get there. And he shoots the guy that gets this transported somewhere else, and he kills him. Yeah. In all the other instances that he does the trick, the man in the box is the one who goes in the tank. So the man in the box is the one who dies. Yeah. And it, But how do you know... I just, I seriously am trying to have my, wrap my head around, like, we don't know who is who, who's the double, who's I, the, you It's know. only... I, I would just presume that... It's a new one. I don't think that he's ever transported anywhere. He's just hit with Tesla energy. Uh-huh. And then there's another top hat. There's another cat. And they're identical to the one. So they've got right. all your memories and stuff like that. Right. But you, the you that's you, yeah, yeah, yeah. is still standing there. That's what I always thought. But okay. he, he screws it all up at the end because he's got that line about, I don't know if it's going to be me that's, in the tank or not. And I'm like... Neither. Yeah, but I, I just assumed that it was like he right. is literally the guy who okay. walks into that thing knows that he is going to die because he built the trap. But right. he knows that he, you know, his brother will continue. It's themes of brothers, you know, that's already there, like with yeah. Christian Bale. Yeah. And I didn't think about that in terms of Nolan movies, but it's too late. And so you that could be just underlining his obsession with beating Christian Bale because 
he is a gigantic egotist. Yeah, right. But he is going to kill himself every night to allow another himself to finish this plan. Yeah, yeah, right. So you could be underlining that. Or I'm thinking maybe in the book, Christopher Priest sort of elevated the abilities of Tesla and maybe thought like Tesla was already sort of plugging into the idea of like quantum location and paired particles and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so maybe you walk in and like the cat. Mm -hmm. Oh, shortages cat. I just got it. Oh, I didn't even think about that. So yeah, when you walk in, sometimes you're the guy there, but sometimes you're transported and another guy's generated. You know, you're just sort of, you're just sort of split. I see. So maybe you could be the other guy and every night he's taking that chance, but the film never falls up on that. We just know there's a hundred tanks with with Hugh Jackman's in them. Right, right. uh, Available now. So, um, (laughs) so that's just, I, I don't know. That's unclear and it really goes to motivation and we've got so little motivation for why he does this other than his wife being killed. So I think that's a real oversight. But like I said, I bet the answer's in the book. What I want to know is if you're doing this trick and all the hats apparently appear 10 feet above the ground outside of next to the front door of the warehouse. Nobody saw a bunch of cats running around. I know. It doesn't matter. It's late in the movie. So he does this trick and the guy appears conveniently 20 feet away from him in gun range. Yeah. Right. Did right, he right. turn the thing to the left? Do you know what I mean? Like when the new guy appears, he has to appear somewhere off stage, not inside of a wall and within range of walking up to the mezzanine or whatever and yes. going, Ramsey just uses imagination yeah, or whatever. Right. It's really convenient that he appeared right there. Did like did yes. Hugh Jackman tweak the settings later to make him appear in the balcony? Yeah. How many guys did he kill? It doesn't matter sure at this point because the movie's perfect. got you wrapped up in the details. I know, right? But the movie... Not in the details, but like the movie is obsessed with details because we have to see how all these magic tricks work. And this one is just like science is the real magic. That's what I was thinking is is the theme of the movie that like Bale is a a traditionalist. You know, he's into the knots. He's into the the real, you know, misdirection and magic. Uh And so he falls prey to science, which will, you know, take over the second half of this uh well millennium or, or second half of this century and then the next millennium mm-hmm. is that what it was maybe science defeated ultimately magic no i don't think so <laughs> not in the movie again yeah. maybe in the book yeah right. no one doesn't think much of women i can't think of a single woman who is not who is effective in his films outside of dying and don't give me the yep, yep. don't give me ellie from insomnia because again it's an adaptation well, what is um what's her name in um uh inception i can't even remember her name ellen page what about her i mean she is she's an audience surrogate supposedly she has the power to create the the mazes or whatever right but she's just the person that they explain everything to and then at the end when Cobb, the real hero is um lost in you know uh, uh, his own obsession over his wife uh she's the one that says uh you gotta snap out of it and then that's it yeah, you're right. It's not huge. Yep. I did this like This is our premier filmmaker right now. I did like how um uh Scarlett Johansson, I think that they I I did like how she was telling Hugh Jackman you need to work on your disguise and how she helped him with his disguise. I did like did how you? she she, you know, he like sends her to do his errands and it's like he doesn't really care for her and she's decided that she hates him now. Did you like did you like how that, all that was revealed uh, when Hugh Jackman was reading the diary of Christian Bale, which Christian Bale specifically wrote so he would find and discover it? 
<laughs> did you like that? Honestly, and did you like how after the movie pulls that trick once, then near the end of the again. movie, Christian Bale's reading a diary, and it's like, this is for you, Christian Bale. <laughs> Honestly, that was my least favorite part of the film. Like that made that sucks. That's the part that made me like roll my eyes and shake my head. Like seriously, you not only do you do that once, it's ridiculous enough. You do that twice. And but he's but he's not original. He he steals all of Christian Bale's tricks. I know, but I hated it. (laughs) But but I I did like how um after Christian Bale's wife died and he was oh when Christian Bale the, the the wife who was just there. To give us oh, a clue know. that he was two men. Yeah. And then once she's distraught, she's like, huh, this seems like a good place to hang myself dead. Yeah. I, I mean, I hated that part of it. But but I, after she died, uh, the Christian Bale, who is apparently in love with Olivia Scarlett Johansson's character, was saying, you know, she's like, you know, your wife just died. You haven't talked about her. And he's like, yeah, I didn't really love her. And she's like, what? And she's like. I can't believe you would say that you married her, you know, you spent, you have a kid with her and all this stuff. And she calls him out on it and she's told him that, you know, he's cold hearted. But isn't she really there for the plot point at the end of the scene where she tells Bale that uh, Hugh Jackman's got a new, new act in town. That's how he discovers it. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So what's, uh, what's Tenet going to be about? I was trying to think about that. Um, It's interstellar. Meets Inception, right? Yeah. It's time travel, time travel. meets Freaky Deaky, we Secret Agents. Right. And we don't really know exactly what he's doing. We know that the word tenant is important because they say it multiple times. <laughs> they, they say it a lot. Um, Here, here's uh, my impression of the uh, the ad for a tenant. 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 Yes. Tenant. 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 Yes. And I was trying to think about, well, what does that mean? What is the significance of that word? Well, you figured it out. I think it's important that that word is a palindrome. Mm-hmm. I think that is very significant. Yeah. Do you um, know where that originally comes from? No, I don't. There is, and this is so jerky. This is so jerky offy. And it's so, it's perfect. It's so Nolan. Because you can get the whole thing on Wikipedia. <laughs> Nolan movies are like deep movies that were researched on Wikipedia. Mm. Uh, in the same way that, um, I was going to say Westworld, but then again, that's just... That's the Nolan franchise. Oh my god! There is a there was like a thing they used to do in uh, Roman times mm-hmm. called the Sator Square. Okay. And it basically it was it says Sator, Aripo, Tenant, Opera, Rotas. Okay. All those words are palindromes, right? Across and up and down. Okay. And so there are other forms of it, I think, but it was just it just became like a popular thing to to do, like to carve this word square in places. There's like a meme. Interesting. And there's like there there's the four different words you said. Five different words. Five different words. Yeah. Okay. And it just became like kind of a meme from from back then. <laughs> and as far as like a saying, it's like, you know, sator means to sow a repo, they don't really know what it is. Tenant is holding or, or uh, possessing. Opera is, you know, could be a bunch of different things. And I Rotus. I think about opera, the art opera, but yeah. Yeah. And uh, and uh, Rotus is, is like wheels. And okay. so people think like the translation is the farmer or repo um, has, you know, works a plow or his wheels on his plow. Huh. Okay. And so people have puzzled over this for a long time, but really like it's has the suggestion of ancientness. Yes. Roman Empire, even better. Right, right, and right. And it's palindromic. 
Right. So somehow so this, this will be that's going the going core on for a long of time. Yeah. yeah. There has been an, an ancient society sure. who has known how to like yeah. reverse time or whatever, like and a, so they've been Assassin's pre- Creed, yes. sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. Christopher Nolan is doing an Assassin's Creed thing, and yeah. they talk about the end of the world or like some kind of apocalypse. And I wonder yeah, if that apocalypse will be prevented. Because if it's yeah. palindromic, there's some kind of destructive event, you know, I don't know, the Big Bang or, or something or the man's uh, eating of the apple in the Garden of Eden or whatever. Like what, you know, if it's how can you break the cycle if it's the same something that it is, is a reflection, the past, the future is a reflection of the past and that whole thing. And also they go up on ropes instead of falling down. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, I think a lot of it's going to be conventions to like cool action scenes just seen in reverse. True. Like a like a YouTube uh, or a, a TikTok compilation clip <laughs> of people falling out of pools. Right, right. Well, I think, um, gosh, why don't I know his name? The actor who's in it, the, the protagonist, who Denzel Washington's kid. Why yeah, don't we just I know keep calling his, him like, Denzel Washington's kid. Yeah, something Washington, which is this is horrible. Um, anyways, I think he he says something like, "If we do something." That'll mean that like we weren't ever here or we never really existed or we, you know, you know, so are they going to somehow erase themselves? And if they erase themselves, did they actually do the thing that? Well, I don't know. I don't know how the movie, else? if it's a time, yeah. and it is a time travel movie, although yeah. they've sworn up and down that it's not a time travel movie right. uh, when it was, when it was developing. Um, and I don't know what the point of making that distinction is, but mm-hmm. clearly there's time travel. Um, I don't know. I think that it's going to have some um, some comparisons or some um, uh, some points of comparison with um, Looper. Oh, in that okay. Looper is you know Looper is nominally um, dealing with like temporal loops, like closed temporal loops. Yeah, but the way that the future is communicating with the past, like the guys who live in in their present. Or it isn't the present because it goes back to the past. The, the guy, the, the past where the movie takes place mm-hmm. has communication with the future. And so they're just yeah. like another satellite office of this crime family. And they're like, okay, we're going to send guys back and you have to kill these guys, you know, to get rid of them or whatever. Um, it's just, but that movie is so engineered to just, for that to exist. Mm-hmm. That thing doesn't make any sense why why can't you kill anybody in the future why is that impossible you just like the idea of you had a flash uh ryan johnson of what if a guy had to kill himself when he got old or whatever now how do we build an entire movie around that and so i've created a whole world (laughs) that just works around that even though there is no closed loop because you have a scene where a guy is cut to bits, you know, bit by bit, they tell him to go somewhere and he's not going fast enough. So they're carving it on his arms and they're taking his hands and legs yep. and feet away yep. until he finally reaches the point. And it's like, well, how could he even get there without any limbs? Like it doesn't, no, he wouldn't fair. have got there in the first place. You, he was there with limbs for you to cut off. So that doesn't, that's a complete paradox. But I feel like they built the whole movie around that pitch. And yes. that's how I feel about the prestige. It's like somebody read Tale of Two Cities and they went, how do we make a movie or a book in this case around the climax of Tale of Two Cities mm-hmm. where a man who looks like another man sacrifices himself so that man can live. Right. But with magic. Right, right, right. And I'm doing the wiggly fingers right now. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm going to see it. We're clearly going to talk about it oh, if it ever yeah. comes out. I'm going to keep sure. watching Nolan films. I do find them entertaining, but they're not nearly as smart as anybody seems to think that they are. 
No, when you actually sit and think about them and break them down and, and criticize what's going. What's he gonna going to do when on? Michael Caine goes to that big actor's Oof. instructional video in the sky? Oh boy, I don't know, man. I don't want to think about it. Yeah. I'll have to find some other uh, older British actor to take over those those uh, caregiving <laughs> roles. You know, Ian McShane. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Can you imagine Ian McShane taking care of kids? It's it's just birds and, and magic tricks. <laughs> I like the tits and dragons better. Well, that's our show. How can we survive if we keep crapping on things that people love? I know. It's a question I've never asked myself. Oh, really? And we're just going to (laughs) continue. Help us continue by following us on social media at Facebook and Twitter and talking with us. Uh, You got opinions. Uh, You're smart people. I know our listeners are smart people. Yeah. This is going to seem like it's going to go in a direction (laughs) because I was going to say, so clearly some of you don't like how simplistic uh, the old movies are as well. But you know what? Maybe you're smart and you love them, and I want to hear about that too. So find yeah. us on those social medias, platforms, medias, plural, and also follow us on Discord, where yes. we're probably going to jump over and start talking about this ourselves just now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also streaming, uh, like we mentioned before, Ghost of Tsushima is out this week, and we've got the old streaming box out, and I think we're going to be doing some live streaming of some playing sessions of that. Um, yeah, we're just all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as always, uh, tell a friend if you enjoy the show and follow us and subscribe to us on all the platforms that are out there. Give us reviews and ratings. We could really use it. Uh, I was hearing from just from the larger Just Enough Trump neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, I heard from a uh, fan of Sailor Noon the other day. Mm-hmm. She was like really apologetic <laughs> that she couldn't give us a review because I she was like that. i've got a samsung phone i can't i can't, I can't go do on iTunes. itunes yeah right i, like, I, I don't care <laughs> don't, dude don't worry about it right you know you're you listening to the show and enjoying it and engaging with us that's the the only follow that we need you know yeah. that re- that review says you like it but if you are on some platform that does reviews or something like that give us give us a review yeah appreciate it give us a rating yes give us five Top hats. There you go. And then shouldn't they have been rabbits? Instead of cats? What made them... That's why I think that the quantum thing, which is not addressed in the film, is explicit in the choice of the cat. Otherwise, mm. it's a rabbit. Right. And you go, that's too magic. The guy says abracadabra before they hang him. I know. Nobody do. even says presto changeo or abracadabra. There's no focus on any magic words or phrases. No, no. None. It's just something you say in a trailer. Right, and right, so, right. yeah, it absolutely should have been rabbits, but I it was cats right. instead. Yeah. So stay out of that argument. Give us five stars. <laughs> we appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about something else. And until then, we are signing off. I'm your host, Caliban. I'm your co-host, Mikan Hana. Keep the geek fires burning. And I'm Caliban. And we're the hosts of the Sailor Noob Podcast. I'm the expert. And I'm the noob. You're talking into the wrong end of the microphone. Aye, aye. Okay. Every week we watch a new episode of Sailor Moon and learn about monsters, fashion, food, culture, and of course, the Sailor Warrior of Love and Justice, 
Sailor Moon. All right, now, what is her rank? Is she an admiral or a rear admiral? Okay, shh, shh. The ad's almost over. We're a couple of magical people, and every week we moon prison power make up a new episode. Better midships. Study as she goes. Please stop that. Sailor Noob is available every Friday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Shiver me timbers. Daddy.